All righty, everyone. Welcome to episode 16, the sweet 16 episode of Scooter and the Big Man. Break down the Steve Cohen press conference, our Sandy Alderson press conference as well. We talk about Trevor Bauer and some free agents. We went viral this weekend over Twitter. And we talk about our managers and a list of the top five things we want Steve Cohen to do with our New York Mets. It gets started right now, so let's get it started. A laser beam, five to four, New York. I am so happy right now that I don't even know how to start this podcast. Is, is that a it's, fair way to start this off? It's a it's a glorious day, to say the least. I was trying to explain to somebody that knows absolutely nothing about baseball, like what the impact of Steve Cohen owning the Mets is like. And I was trying to find any way to like come up with some kind of comparison, or and I had absolutely like nothing. I could not. I, I try not to be like dramatic, but I felt like. I felt like a dictatorship got overthrown. Brian, you don't have to say that you were trying to talk to someone that doesn't know anything about baseball. We know you were talking to Pat before, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, this was the, the best I could have, I could have hoped for. Like I kept saying all day that I didn't think I could love Steve Cohen more than I already did, but just watching that press conference and I, I, I didn't get to watch it live. I was at work. Um, but I watched it on my lunch break and I was literally smiling year to year the entire time. He, he said everything, right. There was not one thing that I could point out and be like, I wish I didn't, I wish he didn't really say that there was everything he said was, was right in the money. Like we want to win. I want to win in this many years. I want to be a big market team. We'll get into like everything he said, but just everything was perfect. And he just felt so like genuine that he wanted to win for the fans. And he was so real. And it was like that, that's me. If I had much less hair and a lot more money. So I'll give you like, I'll paint you a picture of how I watched the press conference. So I was able to watch it live. Uh, I don't live with my parents. I don't think any of us do. Oh, wait. Anyway, uh, Purdue- two unnecessary hits to me just to start <laughs> off. Uh, but two of the three people in this podcast uh, don't live with their parents. And my dad was actually over today helping me with some chores like around the house. And to be able to watch this press conference with my dad was probably one of the best like father son met moments. I don't want to say ever. But probably like because we've went to World Series and playoff games together and like those moments are like I'll never forget them for the rest of my life. But like just to be able to listen to this moment with my dad was like it was like an out of body experience. Like it didn't feel real, like the amount of times and years that we've went through, like the sell the team chance and like all this stuff and negativity with the will ponds for years and years and years. Like we never thought this was reality. Like we're meth fans. We're so negative and we're always so down on ourselves. And like, we never thought we would actually be saved. And like this press conference, as you just said, like it was like a dream. He said 
everything right. And he, and like you said, he was like the most genuine down to earth. Like he starts it off with saying like, I used, I went to games at the polo grounds and me and my buddies used to take the, the train from great neck long Island and go on out to, uh, to Shea stadium and watch games up in the upper deck. And he was sharing some of like the fan, like the experiences he's had as a fan and everything. It was like, he actually gets it. Like he fucking gets us. And now he's the $14 billion man who understands what Met fans are and he's ready to roll. And he said it all the time. He's like, I'm all in. And like, I get fucking goosebumps, man. I love fucking talking about this guy. I I'm in love with Steve Cohen. Right. He gets us because he is us. Like it's a cliche kind of thing to say. He's, he's literally just a Met fan with a ton of fucking money. Like it's, uh, it's just so refreshing to have that type of guy running this organization and like I said, just another one of us who who knows what we want, who will do everything he possibly can to make this team better. Even if it's like, hey, I'm doing like if it's like, hey, I'm doing too much, I'll step away from it. Even though in his press conference he said that he's putting the best guys forward to do those jobs. But he could be like, hey, maybe I want to try and get more into this. And if it's not working, I genuinely trust that he'll back off and be like, hey, I'm gonna let the guys that I hired uh take over on this. But like you said like an out of body experience. Cause I never thought that I would, I never thought that I would see the Mets not owned by a Wilpon, whether that had been uh, Fred fuckface or Bradley. So he even said something like to credit what you just brought up of like how involved he'll get with some of the ownership things. They're like, Oh, how, like how involved do you think you'll be with like the baseball operations? And his response was like, like I said, everything he's fucking said was, was perfect. He was like, well, I played little league once. <laughs> and like, that was his, he was just like, I'm not going to be involved with that. He's like, I'm going to hire smart people that, that know baseball and they're experts. And he's like, and they'll say all their ideas to me. And you know, he's like, I'll have some thoughts on them. But like, at the end of the day, like it's their decision. Like I hired them to do their job. I love how he was cracking jokes like the whole time. So it just made it so again, just, just so cool that this guy who is, is ungodly wealthy, owning a team is a super famous hedge fund manager. Like I said, I've said, we've both said it so many times. He's literally just one of us. All right. So where was there a moment in the press conference that you like, you want to start with? Is there, how do you want to go break down this press conference? Cause honestly he talked for almost an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked he talked for a while. I wasn't expecting an hour. I was expecting maybe like half the like maybe like a half hour, 25 minutes. He he was on there for a long time. Um, I guess the we could start since you already brought it up on the like the free agent side or just the decision making side. Obviously, this is this is what we wanted uh our owner to kind of be like uh stand off, let the guys who he hired do his job. Um do I think we've all had the the exorbitant expectations on we're going to get every single person i know words i know words oh baby we're a big day we're a 14 billion dollar team i can use big words now i can afford an encyclopedia and a thesaurus i'm getting chills um but yeah i don't i think we're all setting our expectations a little high on getting every single free agent and i don't know if that's like an actual thing that everyone thought we were going to do or it's just kind of like oh, oh we have all this money now let's, let's try and sign everyone, just everyone in our heads. But what he kept saying was like, uh, we're going to be smart with our money. We want to, we want to build a team of long-term, not 
just a one year. He even said it like five years down the line. We don't want to have like these these dumb contracts that won't really do much. So I want to get your thoughts. Like, what do you think he is going to do with this team? I guess I don't know if that's the the right way to put it, but like, what do you think about kind of like this off season? Are we setting our expectations too high, or or what? I I definitely think there will be at least one big contract that we get, uh, whether that be Real Muto, Springer, or Trevor Bauer. I think those are like, I think for sure, I'd be very, very surprised if the Mets don't come away with one of those three names. <laughs> um, would I be disappointed if we don't come away with one of those three? I don't know. I honestly, I, I honestly can't answer that because we've spent years of never being able to even like go big fish hunting. So like if we had another off season where, where we didn't come away with a big fish, like I feel like the normal Met side of me would just be able to like, okay, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Like we could re we could react to this. We kind of first, he's only been the owner for like a month. Like it's unfair for him to get everything in place to be able to do these moves and whatnot. That being said, I really do think they do come away with one of those three, either Bauer, uh, Real Muto or Springer. I feel like one of them is definitely going to be a New York Met. Um, I don't think Met fans are being completely unrealistic, though, because I don't think there's that many of them out there that are realistically thinking they're going to come away with like two or three of these guys. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I, 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 I think I think we I think we know we're going to get one. I don't think saying that we're going to get two is unrealistic because you also got to think of what the mark, the, the market is. Um, we're in, we're still in like this, this weird COVID type of season um, and teams like we've already seen have been cutting payroll or, or cutting guys to shorten up their payroll. So he even, he even mentioned that too, that they're going to be smart about this and there are, they're going to take advantage of the market. So you might be able to get two of these guys for like uh, not, not as much money as they would in a normal off season. So he, I, I fully trust that he's going to be smart. He's made this money by being this smart and savvy and smart and smart again with all this fucking money. So I don't think it's unrealistic to say we're going to get two of them to, to say three might be that that's where I'd be like, all right, we have pumped the brakes a little bit. I'm like all three of those guys. But I think saying like if I said we were going to get Springer and Bauer, I don't think that's like super unrealistic. But yeah, I, I think I think it was more just the initial like, oh, we got this guy. Let's go sign everyone. It's, it's not actually a real, a off, real realistic take off topic out of those three. Is Real Muto still your number one get out of those three? Because I'm, I'm dude, I'm I'm fucking falling in love with Trevor Bauer. Every single day that passes by, I fall more and more in love with Trevor Bauer in a Met uniform. I think I've not fallen off on my I need JT Romito, but I think I think it's more that I just am getting more love for like a Springer and a Bauer. Like if they're more on like an even playing field, like if they got any two of those three combination, I would be happy with whoever. And the fact that there is like a James McKay out there who who can who would suffice in that JT role that makes me like uh, maybe we don't need JT as much as I thought we did I I just want you to I want you to want Trevor Bauer as much I as Trevor I want Bauer. Trevor Bauer but not as not I feel like it's not the same like I I will be very disappointed if Trevor Bauer is not a New York Met and it's not that I think like the organization should do it 
I personally have just like, I've latched on to his like character and how he markets himself. Like I'm, I'm, I love it. I really, really do. I love how fucking Trevor Bauer has went like about like this whole free agency thing with like tweeting at like the angels, tweeting at the Yankees, tweeting at all these organizations being like, Hey, like what if I was on your team today? He tweets out like his Instagram, like followers. Like if you're from this city, he could track like where his followers are from. He goes, maybe I'll just pick my free agent team based off of like where my followers are from on Instagram. And like the number one in two spots was New York was number one and Cincinnati was number two. And he's like, maybe I'll just pick whoever likes me more on, uh, on Instagram. And then, um, going a little bit more into the Bauer thing today, uh, on the fan, Sandy Alderson was on the fan and Mm, commented on, um, Trevor Bauer. And he was basically like saying how, like, he thinks Trevor Bauer would be like really good for New York. His personality is like a lot of fun. Uh, he says that like the way he goes about pitching would be really good for the team and that like he's an entertaining player and like this is an entertaining business. And then Trevor Bauer actually quote tweeted the quote in like a joking way being like Trevor Bauer would never be good with the New York media or he's too much of like an entertainer, like basically just playing off of it. Mm-hmm. And then Trevor Bauer's agent <laughs> quote tweeted the quote. And was like, Sandy Alderson just gets it. And I was like, like, we're already, we're already starting the love affair. Just like, let's just fucking keep it going. Keep the love in the air with Trevor Bauer and just get him to fucking Queens. That one, two punch with him and DeGrom, get Noah back, get a little David Peterson left-hand action coming at you. Dude, rotation could be nice. You sign a random fifth starter out of nowhere. That rotation's fucking nice. It's fucking mint. What, what are those words? I want him so bad. I want him so bad in a Met uniform. I'm so whiny about it. Like, I would not care. I just, I see it, dude. I fucking see it. I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to tweet at him every single day because all he wants is social media interaction. That's all he wants. He just wants like everyone to talk about him on social media and be a part of it and just grow the game. Like we need to just fucking go after Trevor Bauer every day. We need to make videos, hype videos, like romantic gifts, whatever we need to do to get him in a Met uniform. I want credit when we get it. <laughs> so would you be pit? So, I mean, I, I think I might know the answer after that, that fucking Bauer uh, positive rant. I um, love him. I love you, Trevor. Would you be, then would you be mad? Like, like straight up pissed if they didn't get Bauer, but they got Stroman back? No, not at all. Okay. Not, not at all. Um, I think you're lying to me. No, I'm not. No, listen, Marcus Stroman is a very good pitcher and he is a very respectable number two, number three in your rotation. That being said, if you put Trevor Bauer on like 90% of rotations, he becomes their number one and he is an ace. If you put Marcus Stroman on every team's rotation, I don't think he's a one on a lot of teams. I think he's a two and that's perfectly fine. Like you could sign a two, you could sign him to be a two or three on this team and he would be phenomenal and that he would eat innings. He would pitch. Well, he plays terrific defense. How the Mets are currently constructed though, is a little worrisome to have Stroman. The Mets infield defense sucks. Mets. We had like one game. If you remember this against the nationals where that defense looked like we were on, like everyone was on crack and everyone was playing (laughs) out of their mind. We've had one game where the defense looked fucking good. Otherwise that infield defense outfield defense isn't really that good. Marcus Stroman pitches to contact. Um, That being said, I'm hoping this off season, we could change how that infield looks and that if we got Stroman, it would work better, but that's fair. You need more strikeout pitchers right now with how this team is. So with Stroman being pitching to content and the Mets sucking at defense, 
I'm not going to be pissed about it. He's a good pitcher, but like, we just don't, we're not a good team for his strengths. That's fair. That's a fair take. Um, I want to move on to, to something else that I Sorry, got, I got, I got off topic. I apologize. No, that was on topic. That was on topic. Ooh. It was Ooh. off topic on topic. Segway. No, this has not, this has nothing to do with uh, you jerking off Trevor Bauer, but I'm going to jerk him off later again. Okay. That's... I just feel it. I'm going to spit in my hand. Okay. This is, my, I love my you, pet. Trevor. Um, so I can't clip that. No, don't clip that, Pat. So <laughs> I, I want to bring, I want to bring something up. Um, Pat and Brian went after me once on a, clip, on a clip that we had. Let me finish. Let me finish on a clip that we had when I said that I don't know if the Mets will fire Luis Rojas. We basically got confirmation from Sandy Alderson who said more than likely the Mets will be keeping Luis Rojas. So what I'm asking is uh, a formal apology from the two of you scumbags for, for going after me. Am I, go, am I going first to you, Brian? I, I raised my hand, but I raised my hand to tell you to go first. So that was okay. Very yeah. Well, you did like a oh. raised hand and a point. So that so was you go, you go first. I'll, I'll apologize with a remark. Uh, before the pod, I said I was going to create a video that's going to bash one of you two. And you stole my thunder. That was the video. I, was, I, I have a video lined up that I will post that <laughs> calls Brian out for that cold take. So that, oh, that will be, that will hold on, hold that, on, oh, yeah, hold on yes. in the press conference today, they said most likely Luis Rojas will manage the 2021 New York Mets. However, he actually said 2011 Mets. He did say the 2011 Mets. That's right. <laughs> How, yeah, he did. He, he said 2011 Mets twice. He never said 2021. Um, so, however, they said whoever they hire to run baseball operations will have a say in the manager. So they the said to Luis, the, jo- the door is ajar. So when you make your yeah. fucking clip, Pat, about <laughs> me to the gun to my head, please show the door ajar because it's <laughs> fucking ajar. He's not the manager yet. So let's calm he down. He actually is the manager yet. Most, He's still currently right, the manager. Most, <laughs> most likely, most likely, Luis Rojas want, will manage the 20, well, 21 New York Mets. Opening day, I'll fucking apologize to you. I just I, want to write it. I'll write I just it. want you to bring I just want to bring up that you when you like <sighs> so shocked that I said he might be managing the team. I just want I just want to bring that up that I might be right. I might be right. You want to know what's going to suck too? I just, I, I just, I, I just want not, some sort of apology here. I don't want to hate Luis Rojas. I don't. And I don't hate him. I just, I wish he had like more fire and energy to him, but like he's, he's all right. Like the man didn't get ejected once last year, right? Yeah. I don't think so. so I know it's 60 games. 60 but like, games yeah. He never like argued or fought to like really do anything to defend the guys. There's a couple questionable ones. Like uh, Jeff McNeil got like said he got hit in the hand with a pitch or something and was like trying to get him to challenge or fight for him. And like, I just didn't like some of the interactions that Rojas had it just mm-hmm. seemed like he was like not fully supporting them in a way that they should have been supported at times. Um, so like, I don't want to hate him. Like I obviously if the Mets do well, I'm never going to root against the manager. It's just like, I wish we just had someone like a little more exciting and fiery because like, I honestly believe that this ownership team, Sandy Alderson, they're going to put together a really good 2021 ball club. So I just don't want the reason for this team not to be successful for it to be the manager. That being said, if the team is that talented, I think they're going to be successful with or without the manager. This will come into play if they make the postseason. Obviously, I don't. I'm 
also, I, I, I say, I brought that up thinking that like, I'm not that big of a Rojas guy either. However, the one thing that I've always brought up about him that makes him like, that makes him kind of uh, favorable is the fact that the players like really like him. Like everything you hear on any of the players talking about him is that they love him. And it's because he, he's been through the system with them. Like all the, all the homegrown guys on this team have been managed by Luis Rojas and the minors or have been coached in some sort of way by him, the minors. So like, that's a big plus for him in my mind, but as like a manager, I'm, I'm very meh on him, but I, I trust this. I trust Cohen and I trust Sandy Alderson. If they think that giving Rojas another year is the right move, I obviously have no other reason not to back that and think like, hey, I'll give him another shot. It was a weird season. It was a 60-game season. He wasn't supposed to be the manager. Um, so I, while I'm not too thrilled if he is the manager, I will be like, all right, we'll see, we'll see what happens with new regime, regular season, all that stuff. Um, something that stuck out a lot to me during the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Cohen said he's not in the business of having people learn how to do their job on his dime. So if Rojas comes out struggling, making a lot of bad decisions, and they lose games based off of managerial decisions, that will be an interesting development. I don't think he's going to like fire him like in like fucking like May or June or some shit. But like if he continuously shows he's not fit, I'm curious to see what a leash looks like under Steve Cohen. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, a huge uh, talking point. If that does come to that, where they do start struggling. Um, this also kind of brings me to another thing that I was thinking of that I said, I had a question that I thought would be interesting. So this, uh, these last few weeks we had, we saw AJ Hinch get his job with the, with the Tigers and Alex Cora get his job back with the Red Sox. Two guys who were heavily, obviously heavily involved in the Astros cheating scandal. The other the third man who lost his job, his managerial job, has not received any sort of uh, talking points yet. And that is uh, former Met manager Carlos Beltran. Former Met manager who never lost the game, Carlos Beltran. So I have to say, he's undefeated. Um, what, do you, what do you think? Is there an avenue for him to come back and manage even the Mets if Rojas doesn't work out? What do you think? I've had a lot. I don't know about you, but I've had like since we started doing this whole shabam scooter and the big man it's called the podcast shout out episode 16 that we're currently recording um a lot of people come up to me and just ask me random met shit which is kind of fun and this has been a question that i've gotten multiple times at work where they're like oh i really want to see them bring back carlos beltran or like oh what do you think about beltran and honestly i really don't have a strong opinion on it like I I personally don't think they should have fired him to begin with. I understand why they did. And it was actually very bold of the Mets to be like, you know what? We're going to fire you because like we want no part of this either. Everyone else is getting fired for it. So we're going to fire you. So like I understood why the Mets did it. But also mm-hmm. like I would have been perfectly fine if they didn't do it. And I think that they would have been able to get through because there's so many other storylines with this 60 game fucking chaos. Now, obviously that's hindsight. We didn't know it was going to be a 60 game season when they hired him. Um, but I think with everything that would have taken place, I think Beltron would have been fine. I don't think Beltron being there though, makes this team, the 2020 team any better. I don't think they're like a playoff team or anything like that. Um, I don't think Rojas really derailed them that much where Beltron's guidance would have gotten there, gotten them somewhere else. 
that being said, I do think he belongs back in baseball, maybe not as a manager. I know that's like silly because like he didn't do anything over the last like year and a half or year to like not be a manager. Um, but I could see him as a bench coach. Like, why not? Like, why not? I honestly, Alex Cora said in his press conference today that he wishes that Beltron gets back or gets an opportunity to coach or manage. So like, why can't he just be like AJ Hinch's or fucking Alex Cora's like bench coach or something like that, or get him, get him into like one of these really good team dugouts, like bench coach for a year and then go for a manager job. Yeah. I would, I obviously, I love Carlos Beltron as a player. He was always exciting to watch. Uh, so I never I, I do hope that he gets back into baseball because he out of those three guys, I from just what I what, what I read and everything and everything I've seen is that he didn't have as much involvement as those other two guys. So in terms of fairness, if those guys are getting their job back, why can't he get a job? But that's beside the point. Uh, when the Mets hired Carlos Belcher in the beginning, I wasn't even that thrilled. I I've always been on the side of I want kind of a guy with experience, especially for a team that's kind of on the cusp. Of, of having a lot of good players. I just want a guy who's been there and not going to learn on the fly. So even when they hired Beltran, I wasn't terribly excited, but I, I like that idea of getting him in as like a bench coach or any sort of role in a, on a team, whether it be the Mets, whether it be the, the Red Sox, the Tigers, or any other team in the league. I'd love to see Carlos Beltran. I just thought it was interesting that those two guys came in hey, and we have Beltran. We're talking managers right now for a second round baseball, and we're going to get more back into the press conference and Sandy Alderson in a little bit. But we're on this topic. I want to bring up Tony LaRusso. Mm. Just what, what are your thoughts on that hire and everything that's going on? And then like today or yesterday coming out that he got arrested for a, a DUI. Um, <laughs> it's like an interest. Honestly, him being back as a manager, like, honestly, I thought this man was like fucking ancient. I thought he was like almost like Sandy Alderson's age. Like to be back in a fucking dugout is fucking wild. But give me your thoughts on Tony LaRusso. Pat, can you fact check Tony LaRusso's age? Because he is ancient. He's old as shit. I mean, Tony Russa in his his heyday with like the Cardinals and everything was a great manager. However, I thought he was so- as old as Bobby Cox or something. I thought he was really fucking old. He's old. He's really. I think he's like seventy six. He's seventy six. He's old. Being a man to manage a fucking team of like twenty and twenty like five year olds is fucking wild. Bobby and Cox is seventy nine. And that's the that. thing. Bring Bobby Cox back. Brian, you've had a little too much wine tonight. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I I thought it was a weird hire. I mean, I still think, I mean, Tony Roos is a good, like I said, good manager. There's nothing that you can really say. His resume says it for himself, but this is a different game. It's tough being 76, as we said, and trying to connect with your 22 year old or your 23 year old uh, studs and like Eloy Jimenez and fucking everyone else, like Jose Abreu and all those guys, Yon Moncada. Especially it's, like, it's crazy. He's, he's kind of had some, uh, some non-favorable things. He's been accused of being, and not really being accused. He's kind of a racist guy. He's kind of a racist drunk. And to bring him back in, in this era is is wild. And you saw, play, you saw players on Twitter unhappy with it. Uh, he has not reached out to a lot of the White Sox, like key players yet to like communicate with them. And Marcus Stroman even fucking was like going off on Twitter, I think yesterday or earlier today. I think it was today. Where he was like just being like uh, like shaking his head at the move and saying basically like he would rather peace of mind than money. So basically he didn't want to sign with the White Sox because like they're like, oh, how do you feel about this racist drunk guy? And he's like, I'd rather like make less money and have peace of mind than play there. So it, it, it was a weird move. Like I, you know, fuck Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, glad bad things are happening to the franchise, right? The, the Steve Cohen difference. Um, but, but yeah, how do you, a weird fucking move. I don't I don't really know 
like the reasoning behind it is he was a good manager, but it's such a different game and such a different environment in the league nowadays that like it, it's it's a an odd move, a really odd odd move. Like for me, thinking thinking about this situation, this man is seventy six. You have a team of young, diverse fucking stars on that team, and you're putting Tony Larusa with them. And it's already kind of creating like a negative like reaction around baseball. Free agents, a key free agent, and Marcus Stroman is already saying he doesn't want to play there. Mm-hmm. And the White Sox are like very similar to the Padres, where they have so much young up and coming talent that like they could they if they'd handled everything correctly with free agency and their man, like manager search, like they could become a fucking juggernaut. And this literally just put a kink in them where that might not happen for them. And honestly, think about like, wouldn't you rather put a guy like Carlos Beltran in that seat? Like put a, put an established young manager, not like an established baseball player, not established manager. Yeah. But like with like a diverse background who could have helped these fucking kids like reach their potential and be like, Hey, I've been to the end like recently in this league. Like I've played against some of you, like let's go and fucking do this together. Instead, they bring in this guy like this negative attitude right away where now there's a DUI on him. It's like it, it's honestly it's a shame. The White Sox handled this so fucking poorly. Yeah. Carlos Beltran, actually, now that you say it, would probably been a perfect hire. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's I don't really have much more on it is some, some just I don't know. Before we get back to the press conference, Pat's about to hit us with a fun fact. Sure is. Yes, yes I am. Uh, did you guys know? Uh, you guys probably know, so this is probably reiterating a Norman fact. It's not a fun uh, fact if I already know it, Pat. It's uh, that was called a joke leading up to the leading up to the fact. Uh, starting in 1817, the first year curriculum at West Point consisted solely of mathematics and French classes. The best available textbooks were in French, so all the cadets had to learn French so that they could learn their math texts. Fucking nerds. Like you just called West Point uh, cadets nerds. Are you admitting on this podcast now you're anti-military? Nope, just the nerds. Okay. We are fully for the troops. I just want everyone to know that. 100% for the troops, um, anti-nerd. Yes, yes, we're all for the, for the troops, yes. <laughs> uh, Pat, your fun facts are never fun. Yeah, they're pretty The pigeon, the pretty pigeon one was fun. You guys just didn't like it. Hey, this is the first non-bird fact that we've had. I think all of mine have been about animals. Birds. Yeah, bird, yeah bird, the penguin and the bird. Yeah. All right, yeah. so next week I'll go back to my bread and butter. I'll go back to the birds. Please don't. <laughs> Please, anything else. All right. So I want to go back to the Steve Cohen press conference. He said okay. something that put chills through my entire body. And... I'm going to ask you kind of a two-part question on this. I'm going to first say what he said. He said that he hopes the Mets win a championship, or if the Mets don't win a championship between three and five years, he will be disappointed. Um, he And then he also mentioned that he hopes it happens sooner. Do you think he regrets saying that? Because immediately that became the headline. It was like almost like the media was constantly going at him for like an hour trying to get a headline grab, headline grab. And then like it was like maybe we could tell – what our payroll is going to be, or if you'll go over the luxury tax or what free agency is going to look like, or when are we going to win a championship? And like, they finally got him with one, like, when are you going to win a championship? He's like three to five years. Do you think he regrets the headline grabber? He's like, ah, fuck it. Hopefully we could just do it. 
I don't think he regrets it. Because I think he truly believes that they'll win, they'll win a championship in three to five years. Like I said, I think – I said it before. I think everything he said was, was genuine and true. So, I think he he's literally like, yeah, I think this team could win three to five years. I hope he wins sooner. But my realistic goal is three to five years to win a championship. And it doesn't happen. You have every right to, to kind of get on my ass. He said that too, that if if things aren't going well, I want these people to, to drag me a little bit. I want them to get on my ass because they – because they've been waiting for this. And if I'm not doing my job, they I deserve all the criticism. So I don't think he regrets it uh, really at all, to be honest. I think he really means that. Will you be disappointed if the Mets don't win a championship within three to five years? Depending on what happens this free agency, yeah, I probably would be. Like if we if we go all all in, and like we said, all in being like maybe we get one, possibly two of the, these big guys and a couple other moves, and they still – aren't there yet in in three in three to five years, then I'd be a little disappointed. But would I be if they if they're constantly like in that position to win like they if they're in the playoffs in the next like five years and they're like legitimate threats, I won't be mad, but like if it's kind of like kind of like with the Dodgers where where they kept making the World Series and they couldn't finish aside from this year obviously it would be like frustrating but I wouldn't be mad. I would be like oh my God can we finish one time? That's what she said. So other things that came up during the press conference. Are, <laughs> what? Just keep going. We're professionals. Come on. Grow up. Uh, other things that came up during the press conference that stood out to me in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, this dude loves his wife. And that's fucking awesome. Like, because the Wilpons were kind of like sexist, like pigs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're awful to women. Terrible human beings. Yeah, just awful human beings. And the fact that this dude was just like up there, just gushing about his wife, he was like, she's going to run like this foundation. And like, she's ran the foundation of our family for so long. And she was terrific at that. He's like, you guys are going to love her. I'm like, I kind of fucking love that. I love that this dude was just so honest. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, me and my wife, like, we're now part of the family. Like, we're going to welcome all this. We're going to do all this together. And that was like really refreshing. It was like, wow, like we kind of have like a nice like family atmosphere here. Like and it's day one of this ownership. And that was, you, that was, it was really nice. It was just sweet. love, love. You I love, love, love. I, oh, I love, love. <laughs> no, it, it was cool. It, it's, an, it's another thing that adds to the, uh, that adds to, you know, genuine, actual good human being that uh, a lot of us can relate to with, uh, with Cohen. Just like I said, just another thing to love about the guy. He's just a, a wholesome family man. Did you like what he did with uh, Alex Rodriguez? What, what would he do with Rodriguez in Refresh they, Memory? They asked him, oh, like, actually. oh, like, what were your thoughts? Have you had any conversation with the other bidders or anything like that? And uh, he was like, oh, who who are the other oh, yeah, bidders? Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who were the other bidders? Was there other bidders? And like, it was like, <laughs> holy shit, like, this man's <laughs> dick just drags through the fucking sand when he walks on the beach. And that's what I was saying before, how he was just having so much fun in this press conference and making so many jokes. It, I do remember that now, now that you bring it up. That was, that was hilarious. And the fact he also, I, I tweeted this out too, that he said, fuck the will ponds so many times without saying the physical words, fuck the will ponds. He was, he, he praised, he praised like a uh, Fred Wilpon. He was, Oh, I liked Fred. I think he, he gave a little shout out to salt cats too. Not one fucking mention of Jeff. And Thank I thought God. it was hilarious. Thank God. Jeff Wilpon's a fuck. I hate him so much. What else? What other key things happened during this press conference that really stuck out to you? There was honestly so much over the hour. I mean, at, at one point, um, 
he like sent the Luis Rojas question over to Sandy Alderson mm-hmm. and Sandy's mic wasn't working. And out of the middle of it, he's just like, do, do you want me to start tap dancing for you? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, no, so random. no, you've already done enough. You've already done enough for us. You don't have to, you don't have to tap dance for us. Like that's ridiculous. But like, it was just so random. And like you said earlier, he's just making jokes like crazy. Um, he did say like, you know, like people kept trying to get that, like, are you going to spend, what are you going to spend all this crazy shit at? And, uh, he did say that the Mets were going to act like a big market team. And then somebody was like, well, sometimes big market teams don't act like big market teams. And he was like, no, like I, I fully intend to act like a big market team. Also, I'm happy he didn't take the Yankee bait. Mm -hmm. Like, people kept trying to be like, Oh, like, what do you think about the Yankees Yankees spend? You're going to be competing for free agents with Yankees. Like you grew up a Met fan. Like what were your thoughts on the Yankees? Like I'm happy with how he handled that. Like I said, he said everything, right. I didn't want to hear like a, Oh fuck the Yankees. I grew up hating them. I hated how they would always outspend the Mets. Like he didn't do any of that. He stayed professional. He was like, they won 27 championships. So that's really hard to do as an organization. Like he was very professional and he's like, we're going to do this the Mets way. And like, I just loved because like we always stoop to the fucking like, Oh fuck the Yankees. Yeah. Like that's not how fucking big brother acts. And we're going to put baby in a corner over the next couple of years. I have never once been unprofessional about uh, the little brother Yankees now. Well, we don't never talk once. about them. We don't we talk, talk about, about them, them at all. Not but at all. Here's the thing, PJ, we're going to talk about them right now. I'm going to break our podcast rule because I really believe that there's a shift in the tide coming. That little brother is about, to start working out and start feeling good about themselves. And we're going to put baby in a fucking corner, PJ. You see all the shit the Yankees were doing with all their minor league stuff with how they handled all that. They were fucking dirt bags. You know what the Mets did with their minor leagues? Steve Cohen just bought them. He bought every fucking team. He didn't even care. He bought everyone outright. He was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to buy everything. And the Yankees are just scum to the Trenton thunder. I feel like it's not like, he talked about enough how like dickheadish they were to the Thunder and it was the Staten Island Yankees. Like I, I grew up uh, 40 minutes from the Trent Thunder. Went to those games all the time. I mean, it was the Yankees, but it was still like fun. Like you have a minor league park around you. It's, it's always fun to go to. And like, that was that team. <clears throat> a lot of, <clears throat> sorry. A lot of like be. my friend, a lot of my friends who like went this, like went to school there would always fucking go to those games because they were right there. And the Yankees just treated them like shit. Well, that's that's what scumbag we have to just not say anything about uh, about that. And that was like their big their big minor league team. Pat, have you ever been to a Yankee minor league baseball game? Uh, no, I've been to a Nationals. What minor uh, league? What minor league the, team? Yeah, uh, the the Rumble Ponies with the uh, with Tebow. I saw him in Binghamton. That's the Mets. Thanks for playing. That's the Mets. All right, we're moving along. Um, PJ, PJ, what else you got? You want to go into Sandy Alderson at all? I'm trying to think if I have anything else on on Cohen. Um, now let's go. Let's go into Sandy. Steve Cohen's my dad, and I love him. I do. I love that man. I really do. Like Sandy Alderson is my uncle. Sandy Alderson starting off by saying 2011 twice so or three times was really concerning at first. I was like, Oh no, I was like, he's <laughs> going to bring back Eric Campbell. Isn't he? I was like, we're so fucked. Oh my God. Josh Satin's coming back. Honestly, give me Josh Satin back. I love those eyebrows. You literally, you literally on our last podcast said that or the two podcasts that you said you hated him. Pat, can you fact check that at a later date? 
You did say that, but you did not remark about his eyebrows, so you're safe. They're fucking caterpillars, my man. That's fair. They can yeah, crawl away. The, the Sandy 2011 thing, uh, a little bit, a little concerning at first, but I, th- I thought it was just funny. Like he, he, he just did not know what year it was, but it was funny nonetheless. Um, so a lot of the cool stuff that I liked what Sandy said actually came more when he was on the fan. Um, so somebody asked him, we actually just listened to the clip together, but they asked him how he personally felt when the Mets traded away Jared Kalenic. And you could hear it in his voice, like the groan and disappointment that they did that. Um, he was somewhat professional, but also he was pretty honest where he flat out said like, you know what? Like I'm not in the business of trading first round draft picks or trading away our top, top prospects. That's just not how we're going to do it. And he said that him and Steve are kind of on the same page with that. Um, You know, honestly, if you look at this current team, this whole team has basically been drafted or like acquired by Sandy Alderson for the most part. So I trust Sandy's drafting because obviously he's done a phenomenal job with it in the past. Yeah, I have nothing, uh, nothing but trust for Sandy Alderson. We've said we've said a bunch of times that this is a Sandy Alderson team. That the key guys, the Alonzos, the Degroms, the McNeils, all those, all these guys were Sandy draft picks and acquisitions. So I have no doubt that he he values those those draft picks more than Brody did, obviously. Yeah, and also uh, shout out both of them, Sandy and Cohen, both saying that Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher on the planet. Mm-hmm. So nice little, uh, just, you know, we already knew that, but just fucking say it anyway. <laughs> but I was actually kind of wondering at some point during the press conference that they were going to start talking about like the current team or like the makeup of the current team, mm-hmm. and they weren't really name dropping players. But then, like out of nowhere, like Steve Cohen's like doesn't hurt that I have the best pitcher in the world on my team. And I was like, yes, fucking talk that shit. Yes. We have the fucking best pitcher fucking brag about Jake. Cause Jake is so quiet. Like he's yeah. not going to brag about Jake. So we all have to brag about Jake for Jake. I feel like they're going to, I mean, this press conference is more just an introductory, all those uh, baseline, not eh, baseline might be the right word questions. Uh, I feel like, and later a little bit down the road, we'll get more on the, the current team. Probably wouldn't like uh, all the other, like the GM, uh, president of operations and all, all this like front office deal as it's kind of set in stone. They'll, they'll talk more about the current team. I got a couple more things on Sandy that stood out. Okay. Um, they said like with the deal kind of taking a little longer with like the de Blasio part of it all that the Mets missed out on opportunities, but they didn't say what they specifically missed out. Well, today on an interview with the fan, he specifically said what they missed out on. And that was uh, Brad hands waiver claim that it would have been $10 million for one season of claiming Brad hand. Mm-hmm. Um, he said today on the fan that the Mets would have a hundred percent been interested and most likely claimed him if the deal had been completed by that time. Um, so that being said, obviously the Mets would have been interested at Brad hand for $10 million a year if they were willing to potentially claim him off waivers. So I think that could be something to definitely watch with free agency mm-hmm. that the Mets are probably going to be into him because if they were willing to pay $10 million for one season of him, that's a hefty price for a reliever. Like you, you definitely have interest in that arm. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they threw some, some money. I, I didn't actually hear that. This is the first time I'm hearing that. I didn't, I didn't catch the much of the, I completely made fan. that up by the way. I'm, I'm trying for a fucking headline at this point, but just, roll, really? yeah, just, okay. Quick. Yes. Act yes. No, no. Yes. Now, now that you, that you expressed, expressed this. Yes. I, I heard it. Sandy Olson said that he 100% is going to sign Brad hand at whatever cost it takes. 
They, he did actually say that. I didn't make it up. I don't know what, what you're believing at this moment, but no, I have no idea what I'm believing either. It's he actually said he actually said that. Um, another <laughs> thing he had he said on the fan that was super interesting. Um, I kind of like listening to the fan. I know this is a little off the topic, but I, I think they've actually done a good job with like I was listening to their Sandy interviews and they did a good job today. Um, that being said, they asked him, they're like, hey, back when you were with the Mets the first time, I would always be like, oh, Sandy Alderson doesn't spend money. But like we all know at the end of the day, like that was the Wilpons. It wasn't you. And they they basically were like, tell the Mets fans right now, Sandy, that you like spending money. Like convince us right now that like you'll you'll spend this money and that you're not like a penny pincher. And it was pretty funny because he was like, I don't know if people remember this, but like when I was with Oakland, there was a season where we had the highest payroll in baseball. <laughs> and he's like, I I like going after like top talent. I like adding pieces to make good teams great. Like he's like, so I'm just gonna kind of leave it at that. He's like, we're not gonna spend irresponsible, but like we have the resources. He's like, I'm gonna help Steve spend them right. Yep, I guess like I'm gonna keep reiterating it. I trust Sandy Alderson in whatever he's gonna do. Uh, and obviously I do believe that he wants to spend money. It was just the Wilpons didn't have the money or want to give him the money to spend it properly. But when he did, when he was able to spend some money, he did get like some, some really like, uh, integral pieces. Like, like we've mentioned Curtis Grange in a bunch, like Curtis Grange was a solid player on a, on a relatively cheaper contract that he was able to get in Cologne and Bartolo Cologne as well. Like he was able to get some guys with the resources that he had. And, and honestly, he, he killed it as a GM. See what I did there? Oh, that was good. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on Sandy Alderson before <laughs> we get into our list? Um. No, I'm just kind of really happy to to see Sandy back. Honestly, it was it was. I didn't realize how much I I really liked Sandy. Like when I saw him again today, like in the press conference, he had the same vibe as as Cohen as just like a a cool fun level. Like he was talking about how he buys his glasses at the drugstore. Like that was just that was just such like a funny moment. And again, like such a laid back guy. That I'm just I'm happy that he's back. You really think he does that? I fuck. I have no reason not to believe him. I don't think he does, but I, I'm gonna. Yeah, doesn't PJ? The man's a millionaire. He doesn't buy his glasses at CVS. Who knows? All right. So our list. Our list this week, top five things you want Steve Cohen to do. Just as blanket as that, right? You didn't add any twists or flair. You always fucking throw me off at the end of every time we make these fucking lists. Nope. My, uh, my list is kind of, uh, it's kind of basic. If I'm going to be honest, you want to go first, second, third. Pat's got a list too. Uh, I want you, Pat, do you have another fun fact for us? Do you have any fun facts? Pat, wait, 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 hold on. Pat actually watched the press conference. Oh, yes, that's right. I did. So, I for the first 25 minutes, yeah. So, Pat, before we get into this list of things we want Steve Cohen to do, is there anything that you took away from the press conference that you were – that you feel you want to just mention at all? Not – he was uh, – I mean, off the bat – like, cause you guys sent so many pictures in our group chat and like, just like on social media, that's not how I thought he sounded. So my first remark was like, Oh, okay. Like he's like, I mean, it was a, in a good way. I thought he would sound like a nerd. Like he would like push up his glasses, like a typical nerd would do. But uh, no, I mean, he was good. I wish he uh, was more on the offense in a way of just kind of saying what he was actually feeling like kind of shitting on the Wilpons. But uh, no, nah, he was, it was cool. 
It's, I mean, like coming, not to tie this back to football, but when I listen to Dan Snyder, my, uh, my whole body cringes. So it was nice hearing like an actual, like positive owner speak. So good for you guys. You gotta, you gotta keep her. Are you nervous? Cause we're coming for that ass, Pat. I'm not going to lie. I, I couldn't name the national zoner. If you, all right. All if, right. If my you don't, life was on the line. You don't need to drag yourself. Rizzo, Mike Rizzo. I know it's Mike no, Rizzo. Is that's, the, uh, the, G, that's the, the G- president uh, GM. Oh God. Yeah. I know that's close enough. Natitude, buddy. Yeah, you know, I'll give I'll I'll give it to Pat. I didn't think he would, he would know who Mike Rizzo was. I know because he was the guy from the Cubs, right? He he helped the Cubs get out of the streak. Was he on the Cubs? Was I know there's an Anthony yeah, Rizzo. Rizzo. I'm not saying this one lady, Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> I know you guys are gonna say that. No, I th- I thought he he worked with he was on the Cubs and then he helped the Cubs win the World Series and then he signed with the Nationals. Am I wrong? Am I making that up? Is that not right? You're a fact checker. Right, I don't I think fact, that's right, but you can fact, fact check, check it if you want. Why don't you fact check while PJ and I give you a list of the top five things we want Steve Cohen to do? Sounds great. I'll get back to you on the other side. PJ, you want me to go first or last? Uh, I went first last time. You can go. All right. Number five on my list of things I want Steve Cohen to do. I want him to get rid of bark at the park. I hate that fucking shit. I really don't have much really? to say about it. I just hate when people bring their dogs to the park. It's <laughs> such a, a wild thing. <laughs> I hate it so much. Leave your fucking dog at home. It doesn't want to be at a ballpark. You don't want to, you don't want to raise your dog as a, as a fan no. of baseball. You're just you fucking selfish. It is selfish. Leave your dog at home. Doesn't want to be there. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I can't believe you're calling, you're calling a bunch of people selfish for hanging out with their dogs. <gasps> At a ballpark, they don't want to be there. Do you know how stressful that commute and that whole process is for the dog? Leave a damn dog at home. Get rid of it, Steve. <laughs> that, is not how, that is not how I thought this was going to start. What do you got? Number five. Well, number five is I just wanted to bring like the black jerseys. <laughs> uh, I have that too. Fuck. I, I feel like we're going to have a lot of the same. I, uh, spoiler alert. I don't have get rid of bark at the park. But I do have the black jerseys. I mean, it's it's a very a very common thing that a bunch of Mets fans want. Like the black jerseys are cool as shit. I, I there's not really much more to say on that. They're right, cool. My, my number four is buy off Bobby Bonilla's contract. Get this like black cloud away from the Mets. Every fucking July first, we are a laughing stock because we have to fucking pay Bobby Bonilla millions of dollars. Get that off the organization's head, and just. New leaf. I mean, I don't disagree with you, obviously. Just get it, just get it done over and done with. Um, I think it was I think it was Clem who I should say. Shout out Clem. I love Clem, by the way. Clem has given us so much clout lately. I love that yeah, man. The best, the best human being ever. Um, he's he said on the on the Barcelona We Gotta Believe podcast that uh free ads here that he he just wants him to raise his uh, his annual salary like five million just as a put your dick on the table type thing. And I thought that was funny. My number four, my number four is, is simply put, hire an actual GM, like not a fucking agent. Hire an actual fucking person who has been in a front office before. Like it's such a, it's such a simple and like I believe he will do it because he's not a, a dumbass. But it's such a simple thing that I shouldn't have to be asking for. But just after the last two years, how we just haven't had a, an actual GM that I just want like someone, someone who's been there before. Uh, give me your number three. Cause my number three is bring back the black jerseys for Friday night alternates. Okay. Mine, my number three, I, I didn't have, I didn't want to put any specific players on here because I didn't really know who I want to, to rank. So I just put spend, just spend your, spend your fucking money on, on spend smartly is, is what I kind of just wanted to do. Like we we talked about it prior that 
thinking that we're going to get everyone is unrealistic. And like I said, I don't think that he's going to do that. Um, so I just want him to to basically just spend smartly, which I think he will do. And it's, I just made up a new number three on the spot. If you don't mind, I'd like to, to give you that. I do mind. Okay, I could skip it then. I don't know. You're good. All right. Thanks, Pat. Uh, <laughs> my, my new number three is release Tim Tebow. Really? Get rid of every sideshow attraction with this organization and just make it strictly a professional. We want to win. So get rid of the fucking bark at the park, get rid of Bobby Benia's contract and get rid of Tim Tebow. Three things that are just a total joke to this organization. I did not know that. I did not expect this much bark at the park hate. Is this like a, are they the only franchise that does this? No, I don't understand no, why you're, I'm pretty sure the nationals have done it. Like, yeah, like I, I don't understand why that's such a, and that's I what we want to be compared to the nationals. Really? I don't want to be really serious champion nationals. Yeah. The Dodgers, the Dodgers, are, Dodgers. The Dodgers are get out of the past, Pat. What have you done I, uh, for me lately? I, I, I'm pretty positive that every single major and possibly minor league team does bark at the park. I'm going to look this up. You don't have to be for Rizzo. All right, number two. Is this my number two then? There you go again. Yeah, yeah, I went back to back, I guess. I fucked it up. My bad. You're good. Uh, retired David Wright and Keith Hernandez's number. I want both of them retired. I want five and 17 up there. Give Keith what he fucking deserves. Yeah, I, I had that um, I had that on, on my short list. Um, kind of an obvious, an obvious one, too. That I think that no fan, that no fan will be opposed to, obviously. Um, I'll kind of on that similar vein. I think he also mentioned it on the on the press conference too. Tom Seaver statue. It's time. That, yeah, that's really, it's I, just time. I think he said during the press conference that it should be ready uh, at some point next season. So they they're gonna have some kind of festivity for it. Okay, I think I'm gonna miss so, that then. Yeah. So hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, your number one. Uh, my number one is make the area around City Field special. Make just develop the fuck out of that area. Make it bars, restaurant, hotels. Make it so I can go to flushing Queens like five hours before a game and just fucking entertain myself like crazy on that outskirt area. And then like after they win a huge game, I could fucking go down there, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, go wherever, and just fucking have a great time celebrating with a shit ton of meth fans. Make that area alive. It's my number one too. I mean, we're, I mean, it's, it's weird because we're both in Florida right now. Um, so we're not going to be able to go to city field as often, but just, just knowing that it's kind of there and whenever we do go back and go to games and say, feel just be so awesome and cool to be there. Like, I mean, I could go get, I can go buy a six pack and hang out at the local muffler shop, but I don't really want to do that. I just drink it on the L I double R. Uh, Pat, that's illegal. By the way, you're Tony LaRusso. No, I'm not driving a car. I'm in a train. Oh, I thought you meant L I E. My bad. No, oh my, no, those, no, those are two. Yeah. Di- <laughs> those are two. Di- no, no, I'm not driving a car, but I'm in a train. <laughs> acronyms. I have a lot of uh, not a lot. I have one honorable mention that I thought you were going to say, so I didn't put it on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he already said he was going to do this, but I want him to do it anyway. He's, he wants to do an old timers day. I, I, I had that on my list originally. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. do do it. I love it. I have nothing against. That. I feel. Like, I feel like the Will Punch just like hated their their older players. They keep they kept bringing the shit like the the they ones hated back the and, Mets. PJ they hated them. They hated the whole thing. They hated I don't the Mets. Know why I, I don't know why I said I feel like they did because I know they fucking hated this team. They want they just they love the Dodgers. They hate the Mets. I also found out today, I don't know if you knew this. Steve Cohen, when the Dodgers went up for sale a few years ago, he finished second in the bidding. Yeah, almost, you know that. No, I didn't know that. He almost fucking owned the Dodgers. Yeah. That's cool as shit, too. Yeah. I'm happy he got us. Um yeah, that's our those are our lists. 
Uh, what else you got? You got random met. I do have random met. Um, we had a little, a little dispute. You said surprise you. Um, that's not really surprising. The one exactly I told you. Uh, Mike Cameron. Yes. Your thoughts on Mike Cameron? I don't really have many. So <laughs> he was good. He was really good. I didn't realize that his he's he was only in Mets for two years. By the way, I for some reason thought he was on there longer. That felt like five. Yeah, I thought he was on there for forever. Like. The, the, I mean, the most the most memorable thing that happens was the the crash in the outfield with uh with him and it was Beltron, right? I think so. Wait, I have my time period way off. Why did I think Mike Cameron was in an outfield at one point with fucking Jay Payton? Am I way um, off on that? You're pretty. I mean, he was on the team in 2004 and 2005. I think you're did, off. When did Jay Payton leave the Mets? Uh, Pat. Actually, I could look this up. I'm on baseball reference right I'm now. I'm already looking it up. I, I was know, already Pat, looking up the dog Pat, in the park. There's 15 teams that do uh, bark in the park. So he missed Jay Payton by like MLB. a year. Uh, oh, shout out Jay Payton. Jay Payton's my all-time favorite Met. I don't know if that's ever been said on this airwaves, but Jay Payton is my favorite Met of all time. Good for you. Yeah, he uh, gave me a signed ball once when I was like eight. And uh, he said, like, have fun. And I thought that was the coolest thing in my entire life. And I've always held on to that. He is uh, 47 years old now, so uh, maybe a comeback for Jay. Is this Brian. a random? Is this random met Jay Payton or Mike Cameron here, Brian? It's what are we Jay doing? Payton actually. Jay Payton is random met of the uh, the week. He's 119 home runs. He has a 279 batting average. Uh, PJ for one dollar. Guess how many teams Jay Payton has suited up for in his 12 uh, year career? Four. Uh, no. Thanks. I you did not get the dollar. Pat, how right. many teams? Uh, how many teams? Uh, he guessed four. I'll price his right. I'm going to say five. Well, you're still wrong. All right, great. It's six. What, okay. Pat, what's your question? Can I, uh, I like, not to like unlock a memory back in our kid days, but when we played for the Heat in baseball, we went to that baseball camp with all yes. those like MLB legends. Was, yep. was any Mets player, was he there? Or was that where he got the baseball? What, or was that? Was Jay Payton at that? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. No, he was not. Gaylord Perry was there. George. Okay. Foster, the big red machine, and some random speedy outfielder that I don't remember. But the two are big ones Mets were, players, or are they just uh, George Foster, George Foster was a New York Met. He signed a big contract to be a Met slugger, and he boy, oh boy. sucked dick. He was awful. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember. There was a question and answer at that baseball clinic. Wow, Pat, what a memory! And uh, it took place on Long Island, New York, and people were asking him about it. And he was like, I know before anyone asks any Met questions, I'm sorry. And then there was like a <laughs> there was like a chuckle amongst the fathers of the crew that were like, Yeah, I was gonna ask George Foster why the fuck he was a shitty New York Met, but nobody got the chance because he already so apologized. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking at stats right now, and honestly, God, I thought they were like much, much worse. Who like, George on, Foster? Yeah, like his on base percentage was shit, but he had the uh, three three years of over 20 home runs. Like 20 homers, like uh, high 70s, like 70. He had th- three years in a row. It was 28, 90, 24, and 86, and 21, 77. I mean, the average in the all-base percentage kind of sucked, but I thought those stats were much worse just hearing about how bad Foster was on the Mets. Um, we're going to plug the social here real quick. I also want to plug something else. So our new owner, Steve Cohen, uh, we're now all part of the Cohen Foundation. We're all part of the Cohen family. We're going to plug Steve Cohen's foundation. Uh, only reason is I was just scrolling through Twitter and Clem tweeted at them 
and he sent he got sent like a little gift basket. Not that we're gonna plug a foundation to get a gift basket, but can I can I put our address then? Yeah, the gift basket since we you don't guys have sweatshirts. That's yeah, Pat. You could put your address for this. Um, so uh, it's at Cohen Give, and uh, you could click their link in the bio, and it takes you to stevenalex.org. You get this nice little website with a red heart, and uh, you could donate to their uh, foundation. And it's pretty nice. So like we're gonna those. we're gonna we're gonna rep our new family because Alex is the foundation of the New York Mets, and we love Mrs. Met just as much as Mr. Met. You sure do. I'm excited. Plug the social. I'm very excited. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Scoop Big Man Pod. Um, Pat's very excited about his 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 viral tweet that went up. So go uh, go check that out. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Scooter Big Man Pod. Um, just trying to do do everything there, trying to get that up and running. Um, would really appreciate uh, the followers. Um, I actually would like to to plug something else too. Plug it. I went on a I went on a podcast before this earlier this week, and I just want to shout out them. My my good buddies John and Ant. I went on their podcast, the Super Kick Pod. Uh, if you like wrestling, go go check that out. I uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a it was a good time. So go check them out at Super Kick Pod on Twitter. Brian, Pat, you got anything else? Yeah, shout out uh, KFC from Barstool and Clem from Barstool. They retweeted Pat's video twice. Uh, I think we had like 190 views on that video before the retweets. Clem's retweet got us like 6,000 views on it. And then when KSC retweeted it uh, earlier today, uh, the video is over 20,000 views. So honestly, like we are so fucking appreciative as a podcast to get that kind of buzz on something that we did. Uh, I'm really happy that Pat was able to fucking put something out. Pat's been fucking grinding for us and Pat put out something that got a lot of love. So that was really cool, honestly, just to see something that he worked on and came up with and it went somewhere. So just as like a podcast whole, like that was such a big day. Like mm-hmm. going to be a little sappy here, boys. Really proud of the shit we're doing. I, I think uh, I think we're going to get somewhere pretty soon. I hope so. I think I think we're I think we're going to get we're going to get there. And Pat, you, Pat, no, Pat, you don't get a chance to talk, though. You just, <laughs> I was I was waiting to. I mean, Pat, Pat in the corner. Pat, end the end the pot. You could say something right now, and you oh, can I, th- I think the appropriate way to end it is, Cone. Are we done? Is that? Why aren't you wearing a shirt? <laughs> it took you an hour and ten minutes to realize that. <laughs> no, I knew it the whole time. I hated the whole thing. Meet the Mets, fuck the rest at last, cause you're listening to the best sports podcast. We got Brian with jokes that make you laugh on the floor. He's a nine of best, like Brennan M.O. BJ's the man, so many hearts to steal, like a squirrel from a nut, call him Jeff McNeil. And then this pack, keep it everything rational. Too bad the fuckers are a fan of the Nationals. Stop us, please, we ain't that slow. Push your ball so far like Peter Alonso. So sit back, relax, and if you're a Mets fan, cause you're about to witness Scooter and the Big Band. I think all of mine have been about animals. Birds. Yeah. Bert. Yeah, Bert, the penguin and the bird, yeah. All right, Man, so next week don't. I'll go back to my bread and butter. I'll go back to the birds. <laughs> Anything else? Can I have like baseball facts? Can that work? Oh, oh sorry. I was saying, there's, you know, I'm we got eight minutes left. <laughs> we could probably start with a new Zoom call. But if you want it. All right. Uh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll cut that <laughs> out. All right. I'm going to end the Zoom. I had an epiphany.
All right. Okay. All right, I'll touch so, you when uh, it's done. Do it. No, don't talk to me.